Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Anyone had a Herkle Durkle? Anyone, if you were here last week, you'll know what I'm talking about. Steve introduced me, certainly, to the phrase, to Herkle Durkle. Um, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, let me recommend you re-listen to Steve's excellent message last week on running the race with endurance. It was so good. Um, such a great message. Um, it's a real privilege to be here today and, and to open God's Word together and... Um, and to really just share some things about what's happening in church life. Dominique and I, actually, we've just been away this week um, with a bunch of church leaders and church planters from all over Europe, actually, um, just for 24 hours um, from the New Ground family that we're part of. And um, it's interesting, as, as Steve talked about, running your race with endurance last week. Amazing just stories. I had a meal on um, Friday night with a couple called Paul and Mandy, who um, left London um, to church plant in France. They've been in France many years, um, took their four kids with a, a sense of calling God to plant churches in France. And they went via Guernsey, then to France. And um, they planted a church in Normandy. And um, they just said, it's just slow, slow going. We're persevering. And in this small town in Normandy, there's a church of 60. And we may be here with a few hundred of this today and think, well, that doesn't sound very much. For France to have a church of 60 is phenomenal. And they have people traveling over an hour to get to them because there's no churches um, in their towns where they're preaching the Bible, they're worshiping, where they're enjoying the Holy Spirit. And, and so we gather, we've had a few minutes drive together today, but they're telling me stories of people that drive so far just to be part of this group of 60. And then I was chatting to another couple, Marta and Lisa, who are in Maastricht in the Netherlands, and they're, they're doing so well, but they say they have people that drive over the border from Belgium and from Germany, an hour and a half there every Sunday, an hour and a half back, um, because they're desperate to be part of a church family where the Bible is preached the Spirit is welcome where um, people worship. So I don't know what your journey was like um, to come to church today, um, but in Europe, because there are so few churches, um, people are driving over national borders to find something of the Holy Spirit and authenticity. And it's just such a privilege actually to hang out with them, to hear some of their story, to see what they're, uh, they're doing. Um, and then we also have just this morning, I think Pete and Sarah are here. Pete. Um, can we just welcome Pete? I think Sarah might be out in kids' work. Pete gives a wave. Um, Pete and Sarah left the UK a number of years ago, six years ago, um, to plant a church in Berlin in Germany. And um, I think it's fair to say it's, it's not been a straightforward journey, but these guys have really run the race with endurance and persevered. And as Pete and Sarah are here um, this morning, there's a crowd gathering to worship Jesus in Berlin because they faithfully ran the race and went to Berlin to plant a church and they're just visiting family. So Pete, it's great to have you and Sarah and your little girl with us today. So it's amazing just being in that environment for 24 hours, hear stories of people that um, are running their race so well um, with endurance, keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus. It was just hugely I'm inspiring, actually. A few times a year here at King's, we have a Sunday where we just kind of reflect on where we're at. We share some stories. We look back over our shoulder at what's happened. And then we look forward to what's coming next in church life. And we call these moments Vision Sundays. That's what we're going to be doing today. Um, and as we head into this week of prayer and fasting, 
I really hope that things that you hear from me today will really help shape and fuel our prayers, um, whether that's praying on your own, whether in your life group, whether at the corporate prayer evenings, whether in the prayer room. I hope today's message will help shape our prayers. Um, the last time we had a Sunday like this was back in September. I was um, just off my sabbatical looking suntanned and fresh-faced and um, just shared some of the things that were kind of central to us as a church. I talked about us being a church that is just utterly centered upon Jesus, that is serious about his words, that is actively welcoming the Holy Spirit, a church that's devoted to prayer, that's committed to make disciples, a church that longs to be a family. So beautiful just to hear those guys talk about their own experience of finding family here. I love that. Uh, a church that's filled with compassion. I'm, I'm going to refer to some of these things again this morning. Um, but before I do that, I just want to just look back over the last few months uh, and just give thanks to God, actually, for his faithfulness. Give thanks to God for what he's been doing in our life um, as a church. And listen, we praise God in the midst of the battle, right? Um, the Christian life is battle and blessings together. It's mourning and rejoicing together. It's praising whilst enduring. These things go together. And, and I know many in our church have faced trials, are facing trials at the moment. And, and so I'm aware that as we look back, and thank God, I'm aware we're looking back over a season that's been a tough season for many. And we've carried that together. But also we praise God in the midst of the battle. We thank him in the midst of the challenge. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a staff day. And we took some time, um, like we've done a couple of times at the start of the year, just to write down things that we're grateful for to God for 2023. We wrote it on these little post-it notes here. And in about 15 minutes, um, over 130 post-it notes were written of things that we wanted to thank God for. And we're thanking God for one another. And we were thanking God for his provision and thanking God for opportunities to speak to people about Jesus and thanking God for baptisms and thanking God for those hundreds and thousands have been through the centre during the week and loads of things, how we've been able to support families for doors opening into local schools and colleges. And I picked out a few of the post-it notes here just to read some of what is written. So we were thanking God as a team for all the volunteers who serve on our Sunday mornings with such passion and willingness about what they're doing. We thank God for all the good friendships being built with home coffee house customers. We thank God for all the life group leaders that have persevered and kept going and are still caring for people and opening their homes. We thank God for um, the first Christmas at home event that we did for the business park. For conversations with so many people about Jesus. Um, grateful for all our young people and the stories of them encountering God at New Day. I'm grateful for the new people God has brought to us as a church. Grateful for just a sense of just fresh hunger for Jesus in our corporate gatherings, in our times of worship together. Grateful for the fact that Angie got invited to Parliament as a representative talking about family support here in Mid-Sussex to be part of a national thing that was happening there. Grateful for all the enthusiastic kids we have in our kids' work. Grateful for all the visitors and families that came to Carols at King's, for people growing in leadership, for the crowd that went to the Fearless Conference, for us being able to help families in crisis, including actually helping a number of families move houses. In, um, thank God for the solidity of men's and women's prayer. Every Saturday morning, a crowd of people is praying. There's just a handful of things that we were thanking God for. Yeah, come on, there's a round of applause beginning. I think that's... 
Sometimes it's so good to just pause and acknowledge what has been happening. We, we mentioned other things like the fact we were able to host the leadership conference in November with 400 from all around the world. And thank you to all of you that hosted and, and, and served at that event. It's an awesome thing to do. The fact we took another team to Kenya with See Kenya and saw hundreds of people have professional eye care and really made a massive difference for them. And you may have seen the email that Charlie sent about a Christmas here and how busy it was in December and 270 Christmas hampers sent out from this building and us hosting local schools for their carol concerts and over 700 at our Carols at Kings events. Just amazing things to thank God for. Um, one thing you may not be aware um, that happened actually, it's good to share these kind of stories. At the end of November, we hosted an event here that really came as a result of all that Angie B and the team were doing during the week, supporting families. So many doors are opening for us. Um, and we had a privilege of hosting an event here, which is called the Mid-Sussex Hub Partnership Day, um, a multi-agency event, about 80 people here, all have key connections and are working, supporting um, vulnerable families across um, Mid-Sussex, so we had people from ch key charities here, from the library service, from the health service, from children's social care, representatives from police, uh, and the aim was to really deepen friendships and connections and to learn from one another, and we as a church were right in there, not just hosting it, but as one of the agencies working alongside those different agencies, um, and, and so there's massive kind of doors opening in how we can work closer together, and that happens because of the work that happens during the week here, supporting families and the teams that work here on a Monday and a Wednesday, serve on those teams. Um, so it's a huge privilege not just to be using our centre as a resource centre to host those kind of events, but actually to be right in the thick of those events as well um, as part of the conversation for how we're supporting families um, in Mid-Sussex. Um, we have a lot to thank God for, right? And one other thing I just wanted to update you actually on uh, I think I mentioned this back in September. Um, we've carried a vision to see a prayer space established here at the King Centre, uh, a place where we could use for prayer weeks, but also um, for people to just come and meet with others and say, Look, we'll go to the King Centre, we can go and pray there as a prayer space, or, or maybe actually um, a space that all the people that come through the building can actually say, I just need some space. They've got a prayer space here. I'm going to go in, be in the prayer space. Or maybe life groups may want to gather here um, to use it and pray. Well, just an update on that. Many of you will know that we received a, a kind gift from a former member of our church, Sue Pretty, um, who passed away to be with Jesus in 2022. She kindly left us a gift from her estate. And so we are beginning work in just the next two or three weeks, Tim, is that right? Um, to actually change the foyer, and there's going to be a room put at the end of the foyer, this end, a, a public prayer space that people, as soon as they come, can see there's a place of prayer, very visible as they come in the building. So over the next few weeks, you'll begin seeing some changes in the foyer to the reception at the end there. And we're going to have a prayer room established right at the entrance for people coming in um, to the centre and for us to use as a church. You'll see some changes happening. But as well as um, it being a, a space for prayer, we also are planning to use it as an additional space for our Sunday services. Um, we really want our church to be as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. And we recognize that some may want to come to church, but they might have neurodiverse needs or kind of heightened sensitivity, which actually means 
They may find some of the normal aspects of church life a little bit overstimulating and, and overwhelming. So we are designing that room not only to be a prayer space, but to be a, kind of an inclusive environment for those of heightened sensitivity um, so that actually we are trying to be as accessible as possible to as wide a group of people as possible to create a space that others may benefit from too to help them be part here. So that's part of the design brief too. You'll see some things happening. And we can only do that because of this incredibly generous um, a legacy gift that we received. So that's a lot to thank God for. Uh, actually, I'm going to just pray. Let's just pray together. Father, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. I want to say thank you, Lord God, for the, the small things and the large things that all point to your goodness. Lord God, whether it's an individual conversation with someone in the coffee house, whether it's a multi-agency meeting across Mid-Sussex, Lord God, I want to say thank you, Lord God, for every sign that we see of your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. We just in this moment as a church... Just say, we praise you, Lord. We want to enter your courts with thanksgiving. Lord God, we don't want to take for granted your goodness. Even in the midst of the battles and the challenges of which there are many, we see the faithful goodness of God upon us. And we say, thank you, Father, for your kindness. Thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for your promises that are true. And yes, and amen in Christ. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So it's just a bit of a review just wanted to share a few of the things that have been going on. Um, I want to read some verses from Isaiah as we begin to look forward. Isaiah 54. If you have a Bible, you may want to open to Isaiah 54. These um, words were written to the nation of Israel. Um, words that spoke of their future together, actually. Words to encourage them. Uh, God speaks through Isaiah uh, and he um, is encouraging the nation to kind of anticipate and joyfully prepare for their future. And in Isaiah 54, um, verse 2 to 3, he says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you'll spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities. These were words of hope to a kind of a disheartened and a discouraged people. Uh, words that were helping them to reimagine a, a new future. Uh, and they're words that speak of blessing and, and growth and expansion and preparation for that. Using this image of a, a tent, they talk about preparing to enlarge in order for more to come under the shelter of that tent. Um, this nation will grow. People will be added to them. They're going to need a bigger tent. So enlarge the tents. Stretch the tent curtains wide. Don't hold back, it says. Lengthen the cords. You're going to spread out to the right. You're going to spread out to the left. Get ready. There's some preparation to do for the blessing that is to come. These words written hundreds of years before Jesus ultimately are fulfilled in Jesus and the church as we see the church spread out around the world to the left and to the right. But I believe um, there's encouragement for us as well today as a local church. I've been thinking a lot about these words recently. Um, in all that's happened over recent years, all the challenges that are obvious, some real discouragements in the mix too. 
I believe God wants to remind us as a local church to always be thinking about those that are not yet here, about creating capacity and space for others to come under the shelter of the tent, as it were, their image, to be thinking about growth and blessing as a local church, enlarging the tent so that we can add more. But as I've spent time thinking on these verses, I felt the Holy Spirit really just draw me to one line of them. He kind of focused my attention on the words, strengthen your stakes. These were written to help God's people prepare. Growth and blessings coming, but some things you need to do. And one of the things that they needed to do for this tent to grow, to stretch out the cords, they need to strengthen the stakes. Like the structure of the thing needs to be strengthened in order to cope with the enlargement. Um, years and years ago, I worked for a charity called Spring Harvest. Anyone been to Spring Harvest? Few people here. Um, we used to um, hire in these massive, big top marquees to seat. Well, the one in Minehead that I often worked at, over 4,000 people would sit in this um, marquee. And um, the stakes that were driven in the ground to hold this marquee was right on the coast um, in Somerset, and the winds at Easter were pretty fierce. We actually had, um, in the Butlins car park, we had permanent anchor points in the ground under manhole covers that this tent would be fixed to. And all around the outside of the tent were these massive iron stakes. They're absolutely huge, and they were literally driven in to the tarmac, driven into the um, concrete car park. And after a few weeks, when you walk around the tent, you'd see all the tarmac was beginning to lift and pull because the tension on the stakes trying to hold this tent up. And they were vast, and there were scores of them. Because a tent that size won't stay up unless the stakes are strong, unless you strengthen the stakes, unless you're on a good foundation, unless there's anchor points, the tent won't deal with that kind of size. I believe as a church, um, we need to strengthen some stakes for the future that God has for us. Over the last months, we've been doing some work as a team, looking at some of the core things that we do as a church, just to bring some greater definition and clarity on some of those things uh, and um, to really consider, okay, if these are core to us, what do we need to do? What do we need to strengthen? Uh, and um, we'll unpack these things in greater ways and other ways and other forums in the months and weeks ahead. But I just wanted to give you a brief summary today of the five things that we really feel are core to what we are about as a church. I'm going to go through these things really quickly. Maybe you want to take notes on these things. You will hear more about this in the future. But the five things that we believe are core to us, first of all, enjoying God. That's the first thing. Secondly, making disciples. Thirdly, becoming a family. Fourth, putting faith into action. Fifth, being a resource center. Let me just quickly talk about each one. One, enjoying God. You might think that's an interesting phrase, enjoying God. Isn't that a little bit me-centered? a little bit self-centered, like um, self-indulgent. We exist so I may enjoy God. Well, let me just explain the context of that. Um, in the 1640s, an important document was written, which was called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, there's nothing short about it, I can assure you. It's a collection of 107 questions and answers about the Christian faith. And the first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism says this, 
What is the chief end of man? What's the main purpose and goal of mankind? And the answer in the 1640 Westminster Short Catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So we haven't just come up with that phrase, enjoying God's. We get to know and glorify and enjoy God. That's extraordinary. We are people saved by His grace, not simply to serve Him, but to enjoy Him. Uh, It's not that we have to worship. We get to worship God. We have to pray. No, no, we get to pray. We get to enjoy His presence. We get to enjoy the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We get to meditate on His words. These are wonderful things. That was, it wasn't possible for us other than Jesus. But now we are part of his household. We get to enjoy a relationship with the living God. It's why we make much of worship here and prayer here and his presence here. Because our desire to glorify God is linked to the degree we wish to enjoy God. And actually this idea of enjoying God really inspires and informs everything else that we do as a church. It's the starting point. We're saved by grace to glorify and enjoy God. Secondly, we're called by Jesus to make disciples the chief function of the church. That includes introducing people to Jesus, helping them understand what the gospel is, what it means to repent, what it means for them to declare that Jesus Christ is now my Lord, to go through baptism, the fullness of the gospel. We want to help people understand what there is. But also to make disciples is to help one another grow to become more like Jesus. There's discipleship as well. We don't want to just be a busy church. We want to be a church where we're becoming more like Jesus. So important. And through his word and through the encouragement of one another and through the work of the Holy Spirit who constantly wants to point us to him and transform us from the inside out to become like him, we want to make disciples. Now, this is one of the stakes we need to strengthen. We really want to strengthen this. When it comes to what stakes in church life do we want to strengthen in order that we can enlarge the tent, we want to strengthen the stake of discipleship. We want to see every single person in this church grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus. And we recognize we need to strengthen some things. So over the next couple of years, this is going to be one of the things that we're giving our attention to. Clear discipleship pathways, how we may really encourage and equip one another. Investment in life groups because they're so important for our discipleship in local church. We want to strengthen discipleship in our church. We want to create kind of uh, ways and we want to explore how do we really help people grow in their gifts and their character and, and therefore take on leadership in church life. How do we help people grow here? We really want to look at some of these things. Um, there's so much we want to do as a church. We want to enlarge the tent, right? We want to see a congregation planted in the Howard Seath. There are 101 other initiatives in our community we could get involved in. But if we're not going deeper in Christ. If we're not developing our relationship with him, if we're not helping one another and encouraging one another and growing gifts and developing Christ-like character, we'll just be very busy, but we won't actually reflect the one that we want to reflect, which is Jesus. So discipleship is a stake we want to strengthen. Third thing we have a vision is become a family, a beautiful demonstration of a diverse family where we are genuinely one in Christ. So encouraged, like I said, to hear those testimonies today where we really delight 
in serving and encouraging and supporting one another. Um, but there's some things we need to think about in this. For example, we want to be an authentically intergenerational church. That's more than just being a church where people from different ages gather. Okay, an intergenerational church is where really one generation is investing in another generation where the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord are being passed down from one to another, where a younger generation is asking an older generation, help me follow Jesus. And an older generation is willing to say, yeah, I want to help you follow Jesus. And where we cheer one another on and where age is not a barrier and we're truly um, one in Christ, whatever generation we're in. And we want to think about what does that really look like for us? Also, we want to think about what it looks like to be a multiracial church where we celebrate our unity and our diversity, where we can talk um, and listen and learn and, if necessary, ask for forgiveness and seek reconciliation and celebrate one another so that we can fully express the full vibrancy and colour and life of the Kingdom of God in this church, where different voices are heard and gifts are grown and developed, we want to think through what does that look like for us? I want to strengthen this stake. Don't want barriers to exist because of ignorance or prejudice. So what does it mean to be a diverse church? Not just, again, who's gathered, but who's, who's involved, who's included, whose voice is being heard. This is something we're passionate about. Fourth thing, we want to put our faith into action. Um, we're convinced that faith without action is dead. We don't just want to talk about the good news of the gospel. We want to be the good news of the gospel. Um, we want to demonstrate it in love and good deeds. We believe the ministry of the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our life that is seen and lived out. Gentleness and kindness and self-control. These things are seen. Jesus taught us to love our neighbor and he showed us how to do it with radical acts of kindness and compassion and justice. So we put our faith into action. That happens for all of us in our everyday lives, wherever we find ourselves. Also happens through some of the ministries that we run as a church. I love your neighbor ministries. Team's doing an awesome, awesome work there. So many more things, so many more opportunities all the time. There's other stuff that we can do. But again, we recognize this is a stake that we need to strengthen. We need to actually strengthen the support structures that exist around our ministries to make sure they're healthy, getting the input that they need. Before we add more and more things on, we need to strengthen a stake. And finally, we want to be a resource center. We know that God's spoken to us about this numerous occasions through prophetic words about being a resource center that serves our local community like we did before Christmas, school carol concerts, hampers, all those kind of things, as well as the wider body of Christ. Like we've got um, uh, like the New Ground Leaders Conference we're able to host and this idea of being a resource center really impacts how we think about how we use our building, our center, but also will impact how we think about how generous we are with money or time or people. Do you know today, while we're gathered here, such a great thing, um, talking about being a resource center that's generous with money, time, and people. Kieran done this preaching in a church in Christchurch this morning from this base. Terry, Wendy Virgo, who are based here. Terry's preaching at a church in Winchester today. Barry Lorimer, Barry and Christine, part of here. Barry's preaching locally at a church, Gateway Baptist today. We want to be a resource center. We want to be a blessing. We want to be generous. So it's expressed in those ways as well. So these five phrases, you'll see and hear more about these. Enjoying God, making disciples, being a family, putting faith into action, being a resource center. We're not there yet. 
We want to strengthen the stakes in order that we can stretch out the cords, enlarge the tent. In discipleship and development and diversity and involvement and support in ministries, they're things we need to give some attention to. But here's the thing, and this is where I'm going to start kind of reading in and when we're going to respond to Jesus. Here's the thing. The most important thing for us to strengthen is our relationship with Jesus. Okay, now you might think, yeah, obviously, Jim. Yeah, it's obvious, but it's so easy to miss the obvious, okay? It might sound like the most obvious thing in the world, but bear with me. If we do all of these things, but if we're not becoming more like Jesus, we are completely missing the point of what this is all about. Christian life is far less about what we're doing together and far more about who we are becoming together. If you um, look through the Bible, if you look at like Paul's letters to the churches, look at his prayers, study the thing that he's saying to them. He never talks about their activity (laughs) He talks and prays that they may abound more and more in the knowledge of Jesus or that they may grasp more fully the love that there is in Christ Jesus or that they may know who they are, chosen the holy and beloved in Christ. It's all about who they are, not necessarily what they are doing. And sure, I could list off today a bunch of new ideas, new initiatives that we want to do as a church. And trust me, there's a list. There is a list. We're never short of ideas. Danger is we'll get stretched thinner and thinner and thinner without going deeper and deeper and deeper. And if we just get stretched thinner, I don't believe we're going to be fruitful. We've got to have a life with Christ that sustains the ministry that we want to do for Christ. I need that as a leader. I need to have a life with Jesus that is able to sustain my life as a pastor. But we need that corporately. We need a life in Christ that is able to sustain all the things that we want to do for Christ. And we're so grateful as a a team here for every single one of you, for the faith you have. Um, So grateful for your commitment to this church, expressed in love for one another, generosity, incredible heart to serve, just remarkable. The thing that we long for most is that each one of us can strengthen and encourage one another to go deeper with Jesus. So today, I am setting out some plans for the future. There's some things here we need to strengthen because we want to see the tent enlarged. There's some areas we want to focus on. But the most important thing I want you to hear today, the biggest vision, actually, the biggest vision I carry here and we carry here is to be a church that's becoming more like Christ together. Uh, um, in Colossians, Paul um, writes to the Colossians. It's an incredible letter. And he writes them because he's concerned that they were opening themselves up some really dodgy teaching. And he writes to remind them and encourage them to make sure it's Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and nothing else but Jesus. And he says to them in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, he says, He, Jesus, is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy 
Christ so powerfully works in me. Paul does not say, it's Jesus the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone so that we can do loads more stuff. He says, no, we do that in order that you may be mature in Christ, that you may be growing in your relationship with Jesus. And he says, it's this thing that I strenuously contend with all the energy that God has given me to achieve that goal. Like the thing that Paul is pouring all his heart and all his energy and all his focus and all his passion into, the thing that he strenuously contends for with all the energy Jesus gives him is that this church, the Colossians, may be mature in Jesus. That they may know Jesus. Teaching them with all wisdom, proclaiming Christ, that they may be mature in him. Elsewhere, chapter two, he says this. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord... Continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with faithfulness. He wants this church to know it's not just they were saved by Jesus, but every part of life now is lived in Jesus. Family, work, home, social, every bit of it is now to be rooted and built up in Christ. It's not just, great, Jesus saved me, I know that, I'll carry on. No, no, our whole lives are to be rooted and built upon Jesus. I guess what I'm trying to get us to think about today in this message, I guess I may have said this today, is not just what we're doing as a church, but who we are becoming as a church and do you have a vision? Is that a vision that excites your heart? Not necessarily what's the new initiative, but a vision that is like, yeah, we get to help one another become more like Jesus, to, to understand more what it means to live a life rooted in Jesus, to be build one another up in Jesus, to become mature in Christ. It's a vision that captures my heart. I think it's a vision that captured the Apostle Paul's heart for the churches that he served. I've got this gut feeling that as we become more like Jesus, the natural overflow is that we will be more compassionate. We will be more generous. We will have a full eternal mindset. We will be more united. We will be more servant-hearted. We will be more gospel-centered. All the things that we actually long for comes not through activity, but through identity. So, we want to strengthen some stakes. Yes, we do this year and next year. We want to see lives and communities transformed. I believe the best way to see that happen is that we become more and more like Christ. And that we say, my vision is to be a member of this church where I can receive the input and help and encouragement of others to become more like Jesus. And also I can be a blessing to help others to become more like Jesus and to do this together. So that's... A vision I'm inviting you guys to carry. Not simply of what we're doing, who we're becoming, for how we can help one another. And to help us, we are starting a new teaching series in a couple of weeks um, in a book in the Bible. Can anyone guess what book we're going to be looking at in a couple of weeks? Colossians. It's called Christ Alone. Uh, and we're going to go through Colossians verse by verse. We're going to take some time over this. Uh, a book written to help a church grow up in Christ. And I'm so excited to be looking at this. We're going to start this on February the 4th because actually it's all about Jesus, right? It's all about Jesus. We'll strengthen some stakes. Those five things are important to us. There's things we want to do, but we want to become more like Christ. Can we stand together? Is that, is that okay? Worship team, thank you guys.
just as these guys, I just want us to pray together. Is that okay, guys? And then we're going to just worship. I want to make this a together thing. I actually, I'm going to come off the stage because sometimes the stage is unhelpful. There's not a difference here, okay? I need you to help me become like Jesus. And um, we need each other in this. That's why the church is called to be this interdependent body of people from all stories, backgrounds, because together we reflect something more fully of the glory of Jesus. And we need one another. And I just want to ask you, maybe if you're comfortable with this, if you're next to someone you know, don't worry if you don't want to do this, but just put a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you if they're happy with that, if you even know them. Just pray. If you don't want to do this, it's fine. Okay? I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. But there is something about our togetherness. Just pray. Wonder guys, can we just start playing? Is that okay? I just want people to be able to pray that this year, 2024, will be a year where we grow closer to Jesus. Pray for the person next to you that they may grow deeper with Jesus. That they may know more of the wonders of Jesus. Pray that we get excited by this vision of together more fully reflecting who he is. Pray that our lives will be rooted and built up in Jesus. Pray we know something more of his heart and his compassion, his love, his presence. We offer up all these prayers to you, Jesus, and it's all for you. We want to be a church that's becoming more and more like you. We want to be your body. Grateful that you're our head, Jesus. Take us deeper into you, Lord. It's all for you. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.